0: Hi there. Welcome back to Sky High Musings, a place where people of all ages can get together, share stories, and maybe learn a little bit about each other. It could be subtitled Me and My Friends because my friends are super interesting. I hope you find them as entertaining as I do, and you might learn a little something along the way. Thanks for joining. Hi there, welcome back to Sky High Musings. With me today is my friend, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? Fine. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to take about three minutes and talk about the inventor of the mammogram.
1: No, that would be great.
0: Okay, did you hear the last episode? Yes,
1: that was hilarious. (laughs) And also informative, which I guess that was the point.
0: Well, I think we wanted to have a little bit of fun mostly, but it did turn out to be somewhat informative, and then we had to do a little... Backstory research here about the inventor of the mammogram, and our friend Sally was indeed correct. It was a man who invented the mammogram. Figures. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, honestly. And I can't figure out why they haven't like done a new mammogram. I don't know. I guess if it's not broke, don't fix it?
1: Maybe. I don't know. There should be some woman working on it. Some, exactly.
0: Some so... This is uh, it, I th- I got this from the great source Wikipedia, and it says Robert. It's by the way a picture of a woman, literally with her shirt open. You can't see anything, but there's like a light shining down on it, and it says camera unit, X-ray beam, and film plate. Remember yeah. when Sally talked about yeah, the plates? Yeah,
1: the plates. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Extra large. <laughs> So anyway, this guy's name was Robert Egan, and it said in the late 1950s, Robert Egan at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. That's, oh yeah, 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 that's
1: in Houston. Yeah,
0: that's a pretty renowned. Um, combined a technique of low kVp with high mA and single emulsion films to devise a method of screening mammography for the first time. He published these results in a 1959 paper. And subsequently in a 1964 book called Mammography. So there you go.
1: 1959. I had no Mm -hmm. idea. Think about that. I am thinking about that.
0: I I am really being serious. I think that there's no way that that technology has not improved. It has to have improved and they just decided it's either too costly or...
1: Well, they do have, and Sally alluded to this, they do have the 3D um, method now that's supposed to be less um, radiation and more precision. But you still have to put your breasts in the plates and get them squeezed. Yeah. It's not like uh, 3D, like when you go to the the, um, dentist and they do a 3D, you know, it goes "Eh," around your head.
0: And you guys can't see Mary, but the minute she did that, if anyone here is a Star Trek fan, why can't they do it like Star Trek, where you just go in the pod and it takes a picture of everything? Yeah. They can do it at the airport, Mary. Think about that. I know. (laughs) That thing in there, they could probably get that scanner when you go through to do to do mammography, wouldn't it be so But I guess it's for those really Yeah,
1: I guess it's for those little discrete um cell abnormalities yes. that they have to be so precise and targeted. But it it has improved since I've been doing them for twenty it some has. years. Yes. Not not the um Not the uh, actual technology or the way you have to do it, but the results. Because there's a lot less false positives, and um, I think people are more inclined to do it. If they think it's going to prevent them from having any kind of breast cancers.
0: So there you have it, folks. Out of the mouths of women that the mammographer, or whatever you want to call it, I wonder if that's what it's called, Mm -hmm. machine was developed by a man and it was indeed but there you have it. All right so my guest for today is um, my friend Mary like I said and Mary is a good friend. I've known her for quite a while and uh, Mary has many claims to fame but today we are going to be talking about her entree into the military and uh, specifically uh, getting into Air Force pilot training. So
1: yeah. And um that was last century I,
0: yeah, it was <laughs> quite last century, but that's okay we I think the audience here can most of us can relate and if you're younger, thank you for joining yeah. <laughs> but um but the bottom line is the the Mary was kind of on the leading edge of um of these first women joining air force pilot training and um and she's not a super tall person, which seems like that shouldn't matter but there were um, height requirements, and um, well, let's back it up a little bit. So you you went. I'm just curious your genesis, just from the college that you went to, to how you got to the point. Because I think a lot of our listeners, even if they're not, you know, um, young, they don't really know how people went from being in in just a regular school to suddenly going to air force pilot training
1: right and the um unlike you and sally i didn't go to the air force academy um i went through the program called air force rotc which they had um all the rotc's at all the college campuses across the country but and they still have them yes yeah and in 1976 when i entered college there were um you know air force rotc's all over the place but they didn't have any women they had just started to allow women to enter into that program i guess there were a couple ahead of me at notre dame in the two classes ahead of me there was like one or two women and then i was a freshman um and my friend who was the wife of an air force colonel said uh, you can't. Afford, your parents can't afford that private school tuition. Yeah. Notre
0: Dame. She mentioned that already. <laughs> you need to march
1: over and get a scholarship. And I was like, "What are you talking about? We didn't have anybody in my background who was in the military, except for my uncles who were in World War II. But they were, you know, conscripted. They were drafted, and right. then they were out. They didn't stay in the military. So." I walked up to the table because I respected what my friend had said, and um, there were two cute blonde captains there recruiting, and there were no women around at all. And I said, "What is this ROTC? Can you tell me about it? <laughs> what is
0: this, and how do I join?" Yeah, yeah. and
1: um, they said, "Sure, just enroll, and you know, we'll find a spot for you." And they didn't tell me that there were no other women involved. And so when I got over there and started going to the classes as a just a student. Um, that's when I got the, the idea of I needed to pick a major that would be something useful for the Air Force so that I could get a scholarship. And um, this tech sergeant, he ended up saying, what do you like? And I said, I like English and French, but I I like math and science, but I'm good at English and French. And he's like, how about engineering? And I said, what's that?
0: <laughs> well, I felt like that even when I went to the academy. Everyone said, I'm going to be an engineer. And I did not come from one of these kind of higher echelon. Well, actually, I moved around in high school. I went to three different high schools. But I would say the one I graduated from, very few people even went to college. So the idea, the notion of knowing what engineering was, even when I was a freshman in college, I had no clue. So yeah. you're in good company. Yeah,
1: and I, I had never even heard of that. But then somebody explained it. Oh, it's applied math to science concepts. I'm like, Oh, that sounds cool. I'll try that. Right. So I en- enrolled in some of the preliminary washout classes, which were very hard, and but I liked it. And then in my sophomore year, I did get a scholarship, and I picked aero engineering, aerospace engineering, which was right up my alley. And I became more interested. At the time, the space program was really mm-hmm. going yep. gangbusters with the space shuttle mm-hmm. coming into the forefront. And so I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to be a part of that. And um, there was still no concept about being a flying person. for the, So at for that Mary. point, you
0: hadn't even thought of it? No, it wasn't even. Do you mind saying, um, I, I know we haven't gotten to this point yet, but I'm just, how tall are you?
1: Well, now I'm like 5'3". <laughs>
0: at the time. At had... the
1: time. I was, Youthful Mary. I was about 5'3 and a half.
0: Maybe. Okay, okay. But
1: I had taken that... Um, AFOQT, the test, the qualifying test,
0: which by the way is an academic test. It's the AFOQT was academic, and there were some other physical tests too. But yeah, I just want to clarify. Yeah, that.
1: and that um, that was the qualifier to get the scholarship for the engineering degree. But as a sophomore, after my sophomore year, I had to go to um, summer camp to have it was like Well that boot, sounds fun. It was no, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, like Wait, mom, you didn't you didn't roast
0: marshmallows. Like my mom said it's make s'mores. Spa.
1: No. It was more like um boot it was supposed to mimic a little piece of what um basic training is for the enlisted people boot camp. Right. And so um I was down there in Abilene, Texas for this the month of July. Oh my gosh
0: say no more
1: going on going through this and um I got pulled out of the formation one day by a colonel whom I didn't know at all but he said you need to come with me to the hospital wait were you
0: the wait I have to rewind that too were you the only woman in the in there in ROTC or no at the boot
1: camp there were other women there okay and um so I was like, "What is going on?" And he said, "Well, there's big news. You you've been selected for a navigator slot." And I was like, Woo-hoo! "What?" I said, "What is a navigator? <laughs> what, what is a navigator?" And
0: do I really want to do that? Well, no, I
1: had I had no idea. He said, "It's only you know seven people in the seven women in the ROTC across the country got selected for this very prestigious wow. position." And um, I was like. Okay, what is the difference? And they said, well, it's a fly, It's a flying position. Right. And I thought, well, that's funny because I did not even want that or so why have anything am I getting to do this? with this. Yeah. yeah. I didn't apply for it. I didn't. Right. But the reason the colonel pulled me out was because I had to go have a flying physical, a flight physical. Okay. And that included all the different things, you know, giving blood and getting measured and weighed and all that. And, um, when he went to the colonel escorted me through that whole process, and when it came down to being measured, I was sixty three and a half inches or five foot three and a half and the colonel the tech sergeant who was doing it wrote it down, and um, the colonel said, "No, no, no, she's not sixty three and a half inches put down sixty four so Grant, this
0: is just to be a navigator you had to be mm-hmm. sixty four yeah. wow,
1: it was a flight physical i see so um so I was like, what is that all about? And then um, the tech sergeant said, well, no, sir, she's 63 and a half inches. I'm going to put down 63 and a half inches. You know, that's what it she, Right. He's doing was. his job. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. What's your beef? And so I was looking between the sergeant and the colonel and the sergeant and the colonel <laughs> going, hmm, what is this? Yeah, I had,
0: the, you didn't even really know what was going nope, on. I had
1: no idea. I didn't know that it made a difference. Right. So um, the colonel said, "Fine," and he yanked me out. He said, "We're going. We're we'll be back tomorrow." And I was like, "What?
0: What's going and so, on?" When so so you're like twenty years old
1: at this point, yes. is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: I just wanted to get some perspective on that. Yeah. Okay,
1: and there was nobody I knew who had been doing anything. Right, like this. so you couldn't
0: even hit up a friend and say, "Hey, man, why do they care how tall I am?" Yeah, nobody, no
1: yeah. one told you nobody why. Nobody told me why. Okay, and so then. <laughs> Um, the colonel said when he dropped me back off he, at the boot camp, he said, Don't do I'll come by at six o'clock tomorrow morning. Don't do your P T, your physical training requirement in the morning, which is like running a mile and a half and doing all this other stuff that we did at six in the morning. And he said, We're going right over to the hospital. And so I said, All right, all right, sir.
0: Whatever you you say. And and by the way, so at this point, I mean, I know you guys don't know Mary, but she's not like a just complete pushover. So this whole time, are you like thinking to yourself, should I question this? Or were you just kind of too... Like I would have at that age, I can tell you straight up, if someone would have said, go do this, I would have just done it unless I thought it was going to cause me bodily harm.
1: Yeah, I didn't have any reason not to do it. But I also... I and the funny thing is, in hindsight, now that I think about it, I didn't think of it as harassment, which maybe if I had been a little more jaded, I might have. Right. Like, why are you picking on me? Right. And what does this have to do with right. anything? Right. But he said it was a very prestigious position to get assigned this nav slot. So I ended up. Waking up early in the morning, getting my clothes on, going with the colonel over back to the hospital. And I thought, here we go again. You know, what could have possibly changed? And um, instead of going where the physicals were given, we went to the rehab unit. Okay. Which the rehab is like for physical therapy. Okay. And um, they... Brought me in, told me to lie down on this stretch or this bed that had this metal rod through it. And, oh
0: my god! And they
1: turned. Wait, on... are you sure you
0: weren't in one? Like one flew over the cookies no, nest or no, something. No. Was Jack Nich- I Nicholson being, sitting there? I wasn't being
1: strapped in or anything. <laughs> He's like
0: they're giving you a straight jacket. Yeah, I
1: was thinking. Oh yeah, I get to lie down, which uh, every physical oh, ever ever right. since so then. You can rest a little? I still think that <laughs> even when I'm waiting for my gyn appointment. Oh I'll my think, gosh! Oh, I get to lay down. That is for a, a few person who is
0: either loves to sleep or hasn't gotten enough yeah, of it. Yeah, I think
1: it's usually the latter, but. Yeah. Um, So, but it was, you know, there was a mattress on top of it, and then they turned the switch on, and the heat started to generate through that rod.
0: Okay. So it's um, like heating the bed.
1: Yes, kind of heating the bed. It heated my back all up. It felt really good. Yeah. And then they put a a little, um, looks like a harness or a a halter collar on my neck. What the heck? Are you serious? (laughs) Like a sling? Like a sling which was attached to some device on the back end of the the bed I was on. And then they started gently stretching me, pulling my neck so that it would, you know, open up a little oh bit. Oh, my gosh. And, which, I was like, I really did not know what was this going on. This is
0: so weird.
1: Yeah, and nobody ever explained it no, to me. No, of course not, because was... it's
0: the 70s and it's a bunch of guys in the military who are just like, chop, chop. I wish I could clap better, chop, 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 like
1: that. Um, What the point of that whole exercise was, and unbeknownst to me, was that you have like an inch of compression in your spine. You can be, in the morning you wake up, you're a little bit taller. Sure. And then as you walk I feel a
0: little taller in the
1: morning. Yeah. And then you walk throughout the day. That's me walking. And, um, we have great
0: special effects here, folks.
1: And uh, you shrink and lose that little bit of that inch of compression. So the concept, in hindsight, I figured it out, was they wanted me to come. Well,
0: wait, I, I got to know this. So when you did that, did it hurt?
1: No, it felt good.
0: So they just like gently stretched Yeah, you. gently stretched I want to make sure we're not like in some James Bond no, like no. stretching situation. And it was
1: only like 10 minutes or something. Okay. But, of course, I... Had gotten up very early and right. was very happy to lie down although i didn't know right. why right. but i was like okay You just needed a rest yeah. <laughs> and so um, then we they took the thing off my neck had me get up carefully gingerly off the bed because right. they said we want they didn't you want to, you to
0: crush anything they want
1: they want me to tiptoe over to the oh wall where the same sergeant was there with Wait, his Wait legit bars. the same guy mm-hmm, the same guy
0: Oh my gosh, he he's probably, down. he's
1: probably thinking, why did they wake me up so early? Yeah. he had come <laughs> down from the physical unit, so he had come to the physical right. therapy, so I hadn't walked far, they weren't taking any wow. chances in case I stomp myself shorter, right. and um, I went up to the wall, they measured me, and I was 64 and a quarter inches. Nice. And the colonel said, write that down.
0: Wow. <laughs> so... Were you kind of scared of this guy? I don't mean like he was going to hurt you, but like,
1: was he intimidating? The, the colonel. Yeah. No, he was a nice guy. Okay. And, um... So
0: you felt like on some level, even though you didn't really know what this is all about, you felt like he was looking out for you.
1: I thought that might be the case. Interesting. I didn't know why, but, um why would they go to so much trouble?
0: Right. I and, mean, here's, I'm just who, trying to get into 20 year old Mary's head where you're like, Oh my God, I, I know they want me to be taller and I'm not a hundred percent sure why, yeah. but this guy's doing everything in his power to get me taller. Right. Right.
1: And, um, and it didn't appear to be harassment, even though I was the only one doing it. So I yeah. was like, "You're like, what the heck? Yeah. Like,
0: why am I the only one?" And really,
1: I only understand this now, in you know, right, in, in hindsight, as it as time went on. Then I ended up the next year being awarded a pilot slot because I. I want to um fly with the KC135s in my third lieutenant program right. which is between your junior
0: KC135 is a very large jet that's yeah. um almost like if, if you could imagine an airliner from the 60s and 70s 707 yeah
1: yeah and they it was crewed with two um pilots a navigator and a boom operator for passing gas in mm-hmm. the air they and... do
0: guys they do in-flight air fueling so what happens is a... uh an airplane that needs gas will hook up to... It's basically a gas station in the air. It's fascinating. We should do a whole other thing on that.
1: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So I went to third lieutenant in between my junior and senior year of college and still being lauded as this navigator candidate, one of the Right. Look nav- at this lady
0: who's going to be a navigator like that. Yeah. Like, look at her. Yeah. She's pretty special. And the whole
1: reason I was there was, was to be, to a be navigator. on the 135 and watch the navigator okay. work. And as I was... Watching going on the missions with mm-hmm. the crew and watching the navigator working very very hard for the rendezvous and all the navigation stuff because right. they didn't have good inst- as right. much instrumentation. As now they, they did. didn't.
0: They didn't like were they really instrumental in doing it? So it wasn't any kind of like machine. Like I'm trying to no, envision. No, no, navigators did. They the work, did the work, and
1: they had papers, and the papers were all over their. So desk. they're legit.
0: Not they're like doing what a computer would do now. Yes. Yeah. And there was- I'm telling you guys. I I apologize to anyone out there who is a pilot or a navigator and understands this, but a lot of people don't. So I'm just trying to get it into terms that we can all understand. Yeah. This was yeah. the
1: late '70s, and so the navigator I, I was flying with, he was working very hard, mm-hmm. and um, the pilots were up front flying the plane, having a great time, <laughs> eating their box lunch. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying the banter <laughs> you're like
0: wait a minute this person's working really really hard and those two are kind of taking it
1: easy yeah well not taking easy they actually really looked like they were enjoying yes. themselves yes and um finally the aircraft commander the captain he said he turned around and said to me so uh i don't understand why are you going to be a navigator and not a pilot and, and said, who said that to the, you? The aircraft commander of the KC one thirty five while we the, were
0: flying. So the pilot, one yeah. of the pilots, yeah. And
1: I and I said, Well, I didn't know that was available to me. He goes, Of course it is available. If they're letting women be navigators or letting women be pilots, I think they're letting women be pilots. And I was like, Oh, oh, and- what? So I came back to um, my college and told my um, professor of aerospace science, the head honcho, colonel of the ROTC, and I said, "Either I want to be a pilot or an aerospace engineer. I do not want to be the navigator. I work too hard.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be working that and hard." And so the
1: they gave me they just gave me a pilot slot, really, because I asked for it.
0: Wow, and
1: well, that's, how great that you knew. So that's well, I didn't know it was very fortunate that well, somebody it was. mentioned
0: it to you. <laughs> Your lucky scrunchie. <laughs> yeah, it was my
1: lucky scrunchie then. <laughs>
0: but is. you were fortunate,
1: but you also were smart enough to speak up. Well, I had to, because there was no way. I, you know, when you know what you don't want to do, yeah. that was probably more resonant, resonating than what I did want to do. Right. I didn't know what it was to be a pilot. I had no idea. I had never flown a plane before. Um, but I knew what I didn't want to do. And I hadn't been an aero engineer, but I thought I wanted to be one. Yeah. So um, that, was, that was very fortunate. But back to the height story, of course, the same flight physical requirements applied, and I hadn't grown... Taller in those two years. Magically you hadn't grown no. after your after your twentieth no. year. But I had learned the trick. And so, um, for the two more physicals I had to have before entering, I would put on I'd get a good night's rest and sleep with a little um surgical collar that stretches You your mean neck. like the people
0: used to wear in T V shows, yeah. like if they'd had wood plash? Yes. That's what I'm imagining. Yes, that's what it is. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'd sleep with that. Even I did it a couple, a couple of times. I did it two nights or three nights in a row. Wow. So that I had a better chance of measuring right. properly, which I did each time. Which and that was, worked? Yes.
0: Gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. So um, Mary and I have another friend, another mutual friend who I won't name her name now, but she also got stretched to, you know who I'm talking yeah. about. It. And she... Um, <laughs> She also got stretched to um, make the height requirement because not only is there a height requirement for standing, but there's a height requirement from your, like when you're sitting down from your waist to your head. Right. But you had that made, right? I had
1: the sitting requirement fine.
0: Like that's not an issue because when you're sitting, you look quite tall. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then um, I told you about the, um, when we had to hold the, Breaks. Oh,
0: yeah. Was- so so, uh, along with this whole situation, um, Mary had... So I'm just a tiny bit younger than Mary, and I I too was a military pilot, and um, but I'm tall, so I did not have to go through this. So Mary started telling me this story about not only did she have to stretch, but then she had to go out and do kind of a practical, I'm air quoting, you can't see me, but like a practical application yeah. of why they wanted you... And they made you – so let's explain what that was because that's really interesting. Well,
1: it came to pass because there were so few women at the um, at the different undergraduate pilot training bases mm-hmm. that they also – those women stood out. And there were uh, – simultaneously when I went with a few ROTC women at the different bases – There were also the air force academy first class of women
0: which was the class of 1980 so we're talking right around 1980 yeah the air force academy graduated women so there there's a quote-unquote flood and i use that term uh, really truly Jokingly, because there were like probably, you know, I don't know how many twenty-five women. It was a handful. Yeah, there
1: were there were few, and they were spread out among the five or six bases. So somebody in the class ahead of me was also of petite size. And, but she had made it through the Air Force Academy for all these flight physicals. I don't know if she used the same method. Right. <laughs> she
0: might have known someone with a stretching with a
1: collar that she could wear. But when um, when they got out to the flight line, and I think it was T-37s, um, they found that she could not hold the brakes with the power up before, because we had to do the static takeoff.
0: So those are airplanes, gang, That she's that Mary's talking about. So... She and they—they're jets. So what you have to do when you run the power up is you have to hold the foot brakes. Yeah. So, so that's the plane what we're talking do, so the about. plane
1: doesn't move. And right. a lot of times it had to do with formation takeoffs and all that. But they test you early on to see if you can do that, or I guess it was an assumption that men could. So that's the thing. It was an this assumption. This is the part that that's could. kind
0: of gnawing at me, and especially as somebody who did not have to go through that. Because I am taller and was also a year or three behind you, um, it that's gnawing at me. It's like okay, so let's say a man there were there was for sure. For example, we know someone who was we know a man who went to the Air Force Academy and probably was barely, barely five foot five maybe. And um, I really wonder if they made him do that. I bet a dollar they
1: did not. No. But. Um- so we had all the women had to be marched out to the flight line at my Air Force base in Arizona and put first in the T-37, which is the little twin jet noisy trainer, the first one, and then hold the brakes with the power full up. Then we had to get out and go to the T-38, which was the supersonic jet, and which had afterburner, and do the same thing. Did
0: they make you do it with afterburner? mm mm-hmm. So, you've got all the pedal to the metal, and they're making you hold that down. Yes. And, and in what scenario would you ever have to do that?
1: Um, I, I mean, honestly, that would never happen. I don't know why. But it was a size and strength thing. And so, thankfully, I had really strong legs. Mm-hmm. I was short. Go, Mary. I, I, I was short, but I had Earl Campbell's eyes. <laughs> Earl Campbell was this big running back at the University of Texas. So he was famous for the size of his thighs. But um, anyway, so I passed, but some of the other women did not. So they were eliminated. <gasps> did they eliminate yeah, them? Yeah, they had to go to do other jobs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's so, horrible. I know. Well, it Well, that was how things were progressing. They wow. Were, but um, to, to give you a, a postscript to all this, a good friend of mine, he wanted to be an Air Force pilot from my high school, mm-hmm. and he was a very tall guy. I think he was like 6'4", right at the limit of the height, yeah. of the pilot yeah. that you could be. And um, he was eliminated initially because of his sitting height.
0: Because he was too tall.
1: He was too tall, but it was just the sitting yeah. height and um, and that had to do with the ejection seat oh, capability right, right so so what he did um, he ended up shaving his head cuz oh back in the 70s gosh. he had back in the 70s he had a little bit of a a, a little, little bit of
0: a dew going a dew, yeah
1: like oh one of those little dews. and um, he got in and it it worked that's for all him. it took
0: was cutting his hair yeah I bet he's I bet he, he slunk down on the He probably
1: did yeah,
0: a little bit. A little bit like uh, you know, the way we tell tell our boys don't yeah. slouch. Yeah. <laughs> he was slouching. Yeah. He was being a slouch. Yeah. Wow, that is so interesting. So then once you did the once you qualified height wise, then you were able to proceed on. Then and, I was and, and also do this test yeah. where you were in the uh, wow.
1: And so and then once you finished all that training that I, that never came up again. It never
0: did? Never. So part of the training is a nine-month program. So the entire time in that nine-month program that you were there, did I'm just curious, did it ever feel like the test you did at the beginning would have been necessary in the actual program? In other words, did that ever come up where you were... No. Yeah. See, I feel like... I don't mean to be like it's super negative, but I feel like that was like on purpose that they were just like hey let's put these women in this airplane put on full afterburner and see if they can hold the brakes i mean that's just it's 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 kind of ludicrous because it's not something that would have actually happened in practice yeah
1: i don't know i have no idea who was coming up with these ideas yeah. or roles
0: but... i mean think about it it'd be like well let's eject a tall guy out of the airplane and see if he he makes it cuz he's tall
1: yeah it's the it's weird i know and the I think one of our friends said that she had the issue of not being able to see when they were doing formation rejoins. She'd have to have her seat full up, but that was a problem. (laughs) So that's a sitting height issue. Yeah, that was a sitting height issue. Yeah. That was a problem with her feet touching the pedals while she was sitting up. And there were jokes about, um, you know, where's your phone book and all this jazz. Right, right
0: that's okay in though. the
1: end it's it just show up out. and do the
0: job right yeah. that's really what matters yeah. so in all that time um because we never we kind of launched into the podcast without really explaining uh mary's um trajectory as she was a military pilot for um many years and then segued into the commercial world and she has just retired as a captain in a commercial airline so she mary has definitely um been able to hold the brakes and add the power <laughs> at the same time. I think you've pretty much proven your metal there. Yeah,
1: my Earl Campbell thighs. The Earl, through. yeah, exactly.
0: So um, I'm gonna pause for a minute and um, and pull up some information that uh, is just kind of a cap of on all this, uh, which is the change to a, a law that has just come down. So hang on, and we'll be right back. So we're back and I've got the article picked up uh, from the Washington Post about the height requirements. And um, it does a little background about uh, how a gal who was five foot one wanted to be in a particular unit, uh, but she did not make it. And um, part of the information that has been put out now is that the height requirement has been changed and it predominantly applies to the women and um, and it says uh, here that by so-called standards, I don't know that word, anthropom-
1: anthropomorphic?
0: Yeah, that sounds good, but it ends with metric.
1: <laughs> but that works,
0: Mary. That was pretty darn close. It says, which dated to a survey of male pilots from 1967, It excluded 44% of the current U.S. female population ages 20 to 29 unless they obtain a waiver. Oh, I should rewind. So part of the situation was you could get a waiver.
1: No, no waivers when I was going through
0: Okay, so there were no waivers. waivers. Okay, so this waiver situation they're talking about must have happened later on, Mm -hmm. like after our time. Somebody
1: probably challenged it. Probably. Said, hey, that's not just. And rightly so. Right.
0: Next episode idea, by the way, I have to talk about the bathroom facilities on the C-130, which is the airplane I flew back in the day. Oh, yeah. And nobody would put up with that nowadays. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I can talk with you about that, too, on the one thirty. Oh, my
0: gosh. I would love to do an entire... People would be shocked.
1: Yes, people would be shocked.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, to get to the meat of the situation with this article from the Washington Post is... Um, just recently, they have, and this is 2020 that I'm talking, they have um, changed the height requirement that was from your paltry little 64 inches yeah. to 59 inches. I
1: know. I can't believe that's yeah. a lot. That's five inches It different.
0: is. And I have to be frank with you. Um, I'm shocked that it, it went that low because it does feel like to me as a taller person, that using the rudder pedals might be an issue, but...
1: But maybe it's the more um, advanced recently airplanes. designed airplanes are are designed for people of smaller stature. Yeah. I know that in the late 1990s and then early 2000s, there was a lot of human factors engineering and mm-hmm. design. right? And so...
0: And it was for men predominantly. It was, you know, when they originally... I mean, let's face it, your plane was the C-1... KC-135 was designed when? Probably at the same time the mammography.
1: Was when I was born in
0: 1958. Yes, it was. (laughs) You know what would have been good is if you could have gotten your mammal on (laughs) the airplane. On the government's dime. Um, All right, well, we're about to wrap up here, Mary. And I've got um, just the end lightning round for um, fun interview
1: questions. So, are you ready to play? Yes, we hardly ever do anything lightning. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we never do anything lightning fast. Our conversation's go on forever. Um, so, I've got my little list here. Five questions for Mary. Oh, this, see, I asked things I was really curious about. Oh. What was your first paid job?
1: Oh, I think I just, um, told you, scooping ice cream at Baskin-Robbins.
0: Uh, no, you never... I, th- yeah. I thought you would have said babysitting.
1: Oh, babysitting was when I was 12 okay. years old. But that was not like a... It was like ad hoc. There here, were no W twos involved. No <laughs> but scooping ice cream—that was the real oh thing. And gosh. I thought I was really rich. I think I got a dollar twenty-five an hour. But all the ice cream you could eat—did you get which, sick of it? Yes. After three months, I couldn't. eat it. I could never look at ice cream. I didn't eat ice cream for like fifteen years. Do you like it now? In small yeah. doses.
0: And I bet it has to be really like the right flavor yeah. and the right everything. But
1: it was. 32 flavors at Baskin-Robbins. That was it. Was the goal. I think Try back, them all. <laughs> I think back in the, in the
0: day, that would have been a dangerous job for me. Okay. Bourbon or vodka? Bourbon. Okay. That was an easy one for me, too. Favorite binge show ever? Oh, I know the answer to this. I just realized I know the answer How to this. How do you know the answer? It's General
1: Hospital. Oh, well, I can't binge that. Because it true. comes in... Episodes because that's stuff still like that. On. It is on, but oh it's hard to binge. You can't gosh. binge it. Um I'm when I think binge, I'm thinking like the Netflix. series on Netflix. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's a few because I mean I look at binging as not just one time but watching it. Agree the whole series. Yeah, again. or at least several episodes, yes.
0: and you stay up later than you should. So
1: two, I think right away. Oh, well, three really. Jane, um. Grace and Frankie. Oh, yeah. It's so hilarious. Yeah, that's cute. And um, so I think I've watched that that series twice or maybe three times, waiting for the next yes. release. And then, um, of course, Schitt's Creek. Oh, it's the best. And, I it's love it.
0: I've watched that. like That's what I like on a loop at my house. That's a
1: guaranteed release of... Who's your favorite character? Oh, well, I like Daniel. David. Like, David, rather. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. I really do like him. He's
0: my boo. I love him. Yeah,
1: and then he's the other, my favorite character. And then too. the other one, English is, although it's sort of Spanish, is Jane the Virgin. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. episodes. You I know could what? watch that multiple times. I've never watched that. <laughs> it's so funny. I it's, should watch it. You should watch it. It's Would I like record. it? Yes. Okay. And then for the French speakers out there, Ooh. although you can, Wait, you can you're watch getting, it.
0: Oh, you're getting all like foreign film on
1: Well, me? only because <laughs> I watch it and I had to watch it. As soon as I finished it, I had to watch it again. It was Call My Agent, okay. which in France, it's called Dispersant. Okay. And there's Is it
0: subtitled? Subtitled. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously not. You speak French, but it's very, very good, oh and the acting gosh. is compelling. I just—that's my deal about binge watching. It has to be so oh. compelling. The story has to be compelling. Yes. So
0: the, it and yes to all of the above. That's
1: well, that's those were a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of binge watching. I,
0: well, it is. There is a pandemic yes, going that's on, right. so I think it's all allowed. Oh, chocolate or steak? Oh, chocolate for uh, sure. Yeah, but what about a really? Do you you don't like a really good steak?
1: I used to like steak.
0: Yeah, but just I'm chocolate. Not.
1: Yeah, chocolate. If last one choice, it would be chocolate. Got it.
0: Yeah, that I think that would be my choice too. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. And then favorite game. I'm only asking this because I think you come from such a large, fun family that there's got to be something out there that you guys Games? play. Like games, card to play? game or board game. Mm,
1: that's a good question. I guess Scrabble. That's the only game
0: I really like. So that's probably the only game I like. I have to admit, my 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 undiagnosed um, ADHD or ADD really prevents me from sitting down. But I can sit down and do Scrabble, and I love it. Um, but I like games like Apple to Apples, where you don't have to think very oh, yeah. much. Where you just like move on. You yeah. know, like that's a good one. Well,
1: those are creative and really interesting strategy or you know i just
0: got an idea for another podcast i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry that's
1: okay but it was you know i
0: if we used to make my kids play yahtzee and then i read somewhere that someone killed their mother because she made them play yahtzee (laughs) (laughs) i literally just remembered that Isn't that bad? That's urban legend. I I gotta look that up. Honestly, that's gonna, note to self, put that on the next podcast too.
1: I um, don't, your kids,
0: oh my gosh. (laughs) No, uh, they didn't. Can you imagine being, your mom's like, hey, let's play Yahtzee, and then what? No, that's weird. I'm gonna look that up. I, I never have looked it up, so note to the audience, it might be totally fake. But anyway, that's going to be the end of the show for today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mary. You're welcome. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to my channel. Thanks.